Welcome to the podcast, Life to the Fool, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. Where we learn to forgive in that Hello, ladies. Well, here we are again, talking about the delightful land of motherhood. Today, I'm asking you to come with me and do some more exploring. We're going to explore the Word of God and see all the things that He wants us to delight in, in our personal lives and also in the land of motherhood. Number one, delight in the Lord. You all know this scripture, Psalm 37 verse 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now, if I was to ask you, can you give me a scripture with the word delight, I'm sure you would have given me that one. You all know that one. And of course, it's the best one to know because it's where we start. The first thing that we delight in is to delight in the Lord. Delight in the Lord. Are we really doing that? Oh, there's so much that just pulls us in our lives to, you know, get involved in this and delight in this and put our attention to that. But even in the midst of motherhood, we need to seek to delight in the Lord, always looking up to the Lord. Because every day I know as mothers with little ones and even mothers with big ones, we face different challenges when our children are little and different challenges when our children are older. Sometimes they're even more heartbreaking. And when they're little, our, our biggest challenges are often um you know, sometimes physical challenges of just being able to cope with everything we have to do. And then as they get older, they often are heart-rendering challenges. And But in every challenge, we've got to look up to the Lord. Look to Him. Look to Him, dear mothers. Delight in Him. Don't don't just put all your mind and thoughts and worrying on the problem that you face. It doesn't help. Delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 73, 25. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. Song of Solomon 516, once again, the, the bride of Christ, the bridegroom who is Christ and the bride of Christ. And here the bride is speaking to her beloved, her bridegroom, Christ, her bride. And, and she says, yea, he is altogether lovely. The word means delightful. Malachi 3.1, the messenger of the covenant, whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. 
So this is where we begin, delighting in the Lord. Number two, we delight in the land. Just as God delights in the land, we delight in the land. Malachi 3.12, And all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Psalm 102, verse 14, says, For thy servants take pleasure, Ratsa. Remember, that occurs um, over 50 times in the Bible. Take pleasure, take delight in her stones and favor the dust thereof. That's talking about Israel. They so delighted in the land. They even delighted in the dust. I mean, I'm sure you've read and, and even seen pictures when um, people, Jewish people, have come back to the land and, and they've arrived and they just get down and they kiss the dust because they've arrived in their land, in their land that God gave them. I remember years and years ago, Colin and I were out in the bush walking um, we love to go out walking. And uh, we were walking this trail and we met this couple. They were actually grow going the wrong way and we had to show them the right way to go. And they were a Jewish couple. And we ended up becoming great friends with this lovely, lovely couple. We got to love them. But they told us one time, the, the, the guy, um, he told us he... Um, where had he come from? I know she had come um, from, um, oh, even forgotten what country, but they'd come back to the land. And yes, he'd come from Russia. That's right. And he said, you know, he, he didn't, growing up, he didn't know anything about the land of Israel, but he knew he was in the wrong land. He knew there was somewhere he had to go. And as he got older, he heard of, yes, there was the land of Israel. And there was just something within him. He had to get to this land. And he came, he came to the land because he was drawn to it, even when he didn't know it existed, because it was in him. And I believe that's what it's like for us as mothers. We have the land of motherhood. God has put it in us. It's there in us. Of course, in society today, it's brainwashed out of us. But if we take away the brainwashing of our media and our um, deceived education system, we would find and discover that this land is in us. This is what we long for. We long for the home and motherhood. God has put it within us. And so we delight in this land. Number three, we delight in God's word, his precious word, because this is where we find out his plan for our lives. Psalm 1 verse 2, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. 
This is a good scripture, ladies, for our children too. We don't want to send our children into an education system that is not the counsel of the godly. Because sadly, today, there may have been a time when children could have got some godly counsel in the public education, but rarely today. It is the counsel of the ungodly. It has become the counsel of the humanists and the feminists. It's even become the counsel of the transgenderists who are now seeking to bring their whole agenda of transgenderism into the education system right from the earliest classes. It is there in our system now. It has become the counsel of the Islamic. They are bringing in their whole agenda of Islam, and yet we cannot even speak about Christianity. This is in our public system today. Nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Yes, there are still some godly teachers in our public system. I know men who are in the system, that's their job, they are teaching, but they would never send their own children there. Their own children are homeschooled. But the majority have been trained in this godless education system. And so therefore, they, they are a scornful people of God and family and his ways. Why would we send our children into this ungodly system? It is time to take them out so that they can learn God's ways, his ways. Psalm 19 verse 10 says, More to be desired, they're more delightful than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey, and the honeycomb. The psalmist in Psalm 119 Ten times in that one chapter, he says, Thy law is my delight. He confesses it over and over again. Ten times in one chapter. The Hebrew word there is shashua. I like that. It's just a nice word to say. Shashua, meaning my delight, my pleasure, my enjoyment. Well... Is it really true, lovely ladies? Is God's word truly your delight? Oh yes, I know you believe the word of God. Yes, I know you go to church to hear the word of God. But how much is it in your day-to-day life? In your home? Do you gather your children your little ones, your middling ones, your big ones, do you gather them every morning and every evening to hear the word of God? Just two times a day? Is that too much? Oh my, I think that must be the least we can give to bring our children to hear 
God's precious word, if it's truly our delight. I mean, do we even show to our children that it's our delight? Do our children see our delight in his word? We're always talking about it. We love to bring them to this beautiful meeting together, morning and evening, as I've often shared with you and shared you the, with you the principle from where we learn it, from the tabernacle, where God gives us the morning and the evening principle. Because God showed us there, if we want to keep the fire of God burning in our hearts, it's not enough to light the fire once a week. Goodness, it's well gone off. It's not enough to even light the fire once a day because you light the fire in the morning, it, it's going to go out pretty soon. You've got to keep putting on the wood. And that's what God said. He said, the fire on my altar must never go out. And so I want you to come every morning and every night and take out the ashes, take out the things that just are displeasing to the Lord and put on the fuel, put on some more wood, stoke up the fire. And so we read the word, God's delightful words, and oh, they, they just keep the fire burning. But that wasn't enough. He said they were to light the menorah once a day. No, morning and evening, because the light was never to go out. And once a day was not enough to keep the light burning. Every morning they had to come and take out all the burnt junk out and, and clean the wicks and pour in the oil to keep it burning, keep it lighting. And then they had to light the altar of incense. How often? Once a day? Once a week? No. To keep that beautiful incense burning, they had to light it every morning and every evening. It's the principle, it's the secret of just keeping the light of God and, and uh, just the fire of God and, and the presence of God just in our lives. And so if we really delight in it, that's what we'll do. We won't be putting other things in its place. That shows that we delight in them more than we do in his word. Our lives really show whether we delight in it or not. And so we shushua God's word. They are our counselors. Psalm 119 verse 24 says, Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counsellors. Who are your counsellors? Who do you listen to? Are you listening to the world? The media? It's unbelievable how many of God's people listen to the media. They get their advice. They get their way of life from the media. I, I can't believe it. They get it from the humanistic education system. They often get it just talking to other women. But are those other women entrenched 
in the Word of God? If they're not, well, maybe you're getting wrong advice. Because our only true godly counsel comes from the Word of God. Yes, it's our counselor. Therefore, it's our delight. So lovely ladies, make sure you're getting your counsel from the right source. I, I am surprised that there are people who've listened. They have listened to the media. They've listened to ungodly counsel. They've listened to the narrative of the one world order, of the World Economic Forum, these people who are trying to bring in the new world reset of world takeover. They've been using vaccinations. They've been using these mandates. They've been using all these things, masking, social distancing, vaccinations, everything to bring tyranny, to bring us under. But we don't have to listen to that. We don't listen to the wrong voices. We have to listen to the word of God. We've got to get into his word because his word is his delight. And when we're in his word, there will come that discernment that says, no, that is wrong. That is from the enemy. So let's be delighted in his word, dear lovely mothers. And even in the land of motherhood, we're going to know what God says to us as mothers. Yes. Number four, we delight in God's people. Psalm 16, verses 2 and 3. And David is speaking, O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my Lord, my goodness extendeth not to thee, but to the saints that are in the earth, and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. Remember last week we were sharing some verses of how God delights in his people. Well, now we're reading how David also delighted in God's people because God delights in his people. And he says, Lord God, I, I just love you. I delight in you. But how can I show it to you? Well, Lord, the, the tangible way I can show it is showing it to your people because they are your body on the earth. So this is how we truly show our delight in the Lord. We show it to his people, the excellent in whom is all my delight. And so we'll love his people. We'll want to be with his people. We'll want to show hospitality to his people. We'll want to be with his people as we gather um, at, at the house of God. Because this is who God is and this is who we are. Number five, it carries on. We are to delight in God's house. Psalm 27, 4. One thing have I desired or I delight in is the Hebrew word. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord 
and to inquire in his temple. David said of the house of the Lord, First Chronicles 29.3, he said, I have set my affection. There's that Hebrew word ratsa again, used over and over. It means delight, pleasure. I have set my delight to the house of my God. In Ezekiel 24, 21 and 25, it's talking about God's temple. And it says, thus says the Lord God, I will profane my sanctuary. Um, that was bringing judgment. And this is um, the descriptions he used of his house. The pride of your power, the delight of your eyes and your heart's desire. Your stronghold, your joy and glory, the delight of your eyes and your heart's affection. This is how the people of God looked upon the temple, God's house. And uh, so he also wants us to have this same uh, desire for his house. Now, of course, we know we're not talking about a building today, but we do a gather in a building, usually, uh, together with God's people, which becomes his house. We, his people, are his dwelling place. And so it's really his people. But of course, we gather sometimes in a home, sometimes in a building. Well, sometimes many of our precious, beloved, persecuted saints they're gathering out in the forest. They're gathering in places where they have to hide. But ladies, they are still gathering. Do you notice that the people of God in these persecuted countries do not forsake the gathering together of God's people? They will not forsake it, even though they have to do it in hiding, even though they have to do it in different places where they have to secret ways of telling one another, one another where they will be. But they will gather because they love the dwelling of God's house, the, the dwelling of God in his people. We're to delight in this too. Let's delight in it. Let's give our children the delight of coming together and meeting with God's people. Don't allow your children excuses. As they get older, and they may not want to go to church, to the gathering of the people of God, you don't allow them to stay home. No. In fact, even older children, while they are living under your roof, they do what you tell them. Now, when they are under their own roof, then that's a different story. But while they're under your roof, under your covering, under your protection, under your provision, and while you are providing for them, they should come under what you want to do in your home. And as a family, you delight in the Lord. You delight in his people. You delight in his house and the gathering of his people. So you take your family. You go as a family. But of course, you're going to raise them in the delight of this. 
from the time they are little, so they never see it as something they don't want to be part of. It's the delight of your lives. It's the delightful day of the week. It's the delightful thing you love to do. And so your children grow up with this delight in their hearts too. Number six, we delight in God's wisdom and understanding. In Proverbs 3, verses 13 to 17, it says, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. For her ways are ways of pleasantness, ways of delight, and all her paths are peace. Proverbs 8.11, for wisdom is better than rubies and all the things that may be desired or delightful are not even to be compared to it. Proverbs 24.3 and 4, through wisdom is a house building and by understanding it is established and by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant or delightful, the word is naim there, meaning delightful, pleasant, sweet, pleasurable. And so as we build our homes, precious mothers, in this glorious, delightful land of motherhood, we need God's wisdom. And so we delight in his wisdom, his understanding, and his knowledge, because it's by these things that we will fill our homes with these delightful riches. Every room of our house, even the bedrooms, the chambers speak of the inner rooms, even the inner rooms, the outer rooms and the inner rooms, we'll fill them all with delight. Number seven, delight in God's knowledge. Proverbs 2, 10 and 12, when wisdom entereth into thine heart and knowledge is pleasant, that means sweet and delightful unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee. Proverbs 22, 17, 18, bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise and apply thine heart unto my knowledge, for it is a pleasant, this same word again, sweet and delightful, for it is a pleasant, sweet and delightful thing. If thou keep them within thee, they shall with all be fitted in thy lips. Did you notice, ladies, it says, bow down thine ear. Bow down thine ear. I believe we have to bow down to God's knowledge because it goes on to say, Bow down thine ear and apply thine heart unto my knowledge. It doesn't just say knowledge. There's so much knowledge in the world. There's worldly knowledge. There's foolish knowledge. There's all kinds of knowledge out there. But it's my knowledge, God's knowledge. And this is what we have to bow to. Whose knowledge are you bowing to, dear mother? Oh, let's be careful. I must be careful. We all must be careful. We're not bowing to the knowledge of this age, to the knowledge of humanism 
feminism, the knowledge that's just on the lips of just everyone around us because it's so easy to imbibe the thinking and the knowledge in our society. You go to most churches today. These are churches. And you look around. You begin to talk to the people, the mothers, and you find that the majority of the mothers in the churches are not in the home. They're out in their careers. They're not at home with their children. Now, what knowledge is this? This is not the knowledge of the Bible. It's not the knowledge that comes from God's heart. It is the knowledge of this age. It is the knowledge of our humanistic society. And somehow we've become so used to hearing it that even God's people are bowing down to it. In fact, it's their lifestyle. In fact, if you are to challenge it, they will get pretty upset. Now, why is that? Why is there a reaction? action to that which belongs to this age and is opposite to what the Bible says. Because the Bible picture is of the mother being a keeper of the home, being in the home mothering her children. Thy wife is a fruitful vine within the heart of thy home. Look at all her children sitting around her table. You see, God's knowledge is often opposite to the world's knowledge. Which knowledge are we bowing to? Dear lovely ladies, in the land of motherhood, we need to bow to God's knowledge. It's when we bow to his knowledge that we will find it delightful. Yes, that's what it says. It will be pleasant and sweet and delightful. Yes. So many lovely, precious mothers they are not seeking to be rebellious to God, but it's because that's all they hear around them. They think they're walking in the right way. But their lives are fretful and busy and overwhelmed and frustrating because no mother can walk in two worlds. We cannot obey two masters. We can only do one properly. We can't just be out there um, just bowing to another world system when God has his way for us in the home. We can't do both. It's just too overwhelming and too fretful and uh, just too much, actually. And so Let's come back to the way that is filled with delight and sweetness and, and pleasure. Okay, number eight. We'll just have time for one more. Uh, delight in your home. Yes, in your home. Yes, here in Micah 2 verse 9, it's 
talking about something that is very bad, how the women have been taken out of their homes. But the Bible calls them their delightful homes. From the women of my people have ye cast out from their pleasant or their delightful houses. From their children have ye taken away their glory forever. This word is saying when the mothers come out of the homes, of course the children come out of the homes. And it is the glory of children to be raised in the home. And God says you take away their glory. The Amplified Version says the women of my people you cast out from their pleasant houses or delightful houses. From their young children you take away my glory forever And it goes on to say, by putting them among the pagans away from me. Wow, that's a picture of what is happening today. Many precious children in godly homes have taken out of the home and they're put in a godless education system and are being taught by pagans and are being taught paganism, that which is against God, that which is totally foreign to the ways of God. God's, the glory of God is for children to be raised in the home and to be able to hear and learn the ways of God. Delight in your home. Dear precious mothers, your home can become such a delight as you understand that it's meant to be your delight. Yes, the first home was called Eden. Eden. The Garden of Eden, which means delightful. That is the name of the first home. It's the prototype of all homes to come. God wants us to just give our whole purpose to making our homes a delight. Everything about our home, a delight. Making it a delight for our husband. Our marriage is just the most beautiful delight. We make it a delight for our children. We just make it a delight to live in. And that's all-consuming. I never have enough time to do all the things I want to do to make my home a delight. I have a thousand dreams and things I want to do, and I don't ever get time enough for them. Oh, it's just our full-time career to make our home a delight. Proverbs 24, 3 and 4 says, Through wisdom, yes, we read this. Can I read it again? Through wisdom is a house builded, and by understanding it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant, delightful riches. And so we have to build these into our home and establish them and fill our homes with them. They don't just happen. Or maybe one more as we close. Number nine, delight in your home-making tasks. Proverbs 31, verse 13. The virtuous woman, she seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly. That word in the Hebrew is kephetes, C-H-E-P-H-E-T-S. And... uh, 
That word, actually, that word, ladies, guess what? Is used 75 times in the Bible. And it means to be pleased with, to desire, to delight, to have pleasure in. And so, although it's translated willingly in the King James Version, it actually means to work delightfully, purposefully, knowing that our work is valuable. So, she worketh willingly, delightfully, purposefully, pleasurably with her hands. So, lovely ladies, as we close this session, can I leave you with this challenge to begin to do everything in your home with a willing attitude and a delightful attitude. All the work of your hands. Yes, all those things you have to do. These physical things, these tangible things, these, yes, you've got to get stuck in and do the dishes. Yes, Oh, don't think, oh, no, I have to do the dishes again and they're all piling up. Well, of course, if your children are growing, you'll get them to do the dishes. You'll be training them to do them. Of course, as, as you grow in motherhood, that's the amazing thing about motherhood. In fact, the first few years of motherhood with your first one, two, or maybe three darling little ones, they are the time when you're sort of having to do everything yourself but these little ones grow and uh, motherhood becomes easier as you hand on tasks to your children. And, but of course, you start doing them yourself. Even in those times when you're the one, the only one there to do them, you do them with a willing attitude, a delightful attitude. Oh, I'm delighting in doing this. You can do it with delight. Do you know that even dishes, doing the dishes can be fun? I love doing dishes. Yes, because you, you just, anything you do can be a delight if you have an attitude of delight about it. And whatever other task you have to do, you're cleaning the floors and you're scrubbing toilets or whatever you're doing, you just do it with delight. She worketh willingly with her hands. She worketh delightfully with her hands. Well, you're in this delightful land of motherhood, so you might as well do everything with delight. Okay? You choose. Do it with groaning and grumbling and complaining, and you'll have a miserable life. Do it willingly and delightfully, and you're going to have a delightful life. It all comes back to your attitude. It all comes back to understanding what, where you are. You're in the land of motherhood. You're in the land of delight. God says it is a delightful land. So live the delightful life. Amen? Okay. Oh, dear Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you are showing us the way to live. Thank you that your land is a delightful land. Lord God, help us to live the delightful way, not the grumbling way, not the complaining way, but the delightful way. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
一。